Hello there and welcome into another edition of The Intersection with conversation highlights from the Meeting House on Faith Radio about a variety of topics, including news, information, and lifestyles approached from a Christian worldview perspective. Leading off this week's edition of the podcast, it's Melanie Red from a ministry to women called Women Living Courageously, which is associated with love worth finding in the teaching of the late Adrian Rogers. She provides insight on resting in the Lord. Then Scott Box is a former worship leader who, even though he has lived with bipolar disorder, has depended on the Lord to give him the resources he needs in order to live a fruitful Christian life. Learn how ahead. And coming up on this edition of The Intersection, it's former Atlanta Fire Chief Calvin Cochran, who now works with Alliance Defending Freedom. He has known personal and legal struggles as the result of writing a book offering a biblical view of manhood and sexuality. It caused him to lose his job, but he is a model of steadfastness. He spoke with me at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this year. You'll be hearing more about what he has experienced and learned. Finally, we move from one type of first responder to another as former police officer Adam Davis and the wife of a current police officer, Rebecca Lynn, joined me on The Meeting House recently to talk about the challenges that those who serve in law enforcement and their families face and how the presence of Christ can be very valuable to them. This is The Intersection, a production of The Meeting House. I'm Bob Crittenden. Melanie Red is an author and speaker and leads Women Living Courageously, which is a ministry to women affiliated with Love Worth Finding, featuring the Bible teaching of the late Adrian Rogers. In a recent discussion, she highlighted some of the principles she relates in her book called Just Rest, a 90-day devotional journal, which is designed to help Christian women find rest in the Lord in the middle of challenging times. Here now is Melanie Red. I will tell you, it's not one of those technical names of God's books. There's some wonderful books like that, and I've read a bunch of them in the last couple of years. But this is a real simple and, and very practical look at when you're struggling, how God is there for you. And I wanted especially young women to know God in a new and a fresh way. So, for example, when they're feeling alone or they feel like no one cares, they can read about the God who is always there or the God who holds their right hand or the God who sees them, or the God who hears them. And that each day just takes the, the reader back to the fact that God is there. There is a trait of him you can trust. You can watch him as he walked through the pages of Scripture. And people, real people in the Bible trusted him, and you can trust him too. And so my hope is as they, as they read the devotions and the Scriptures, and there's a chance for them to interact with it all and journal about it, that as they come to the end of each little short devotional each day, they will be reminded there's a real God who really cares for me, and I can trust him, and here's a real specific way about his character that I can learn to trust him. If you would, when you, and you know that so much dealing with anxiety and depression, these are are really the some of the I guess the outgrowths of a mind that is, you know, is being ravaged negatively affected by the circumstances around us. Of course, we recognize their spiritual warfare that is out there. And so there's all sorts of pressure that's going on in our minds. And we are beset by worry and anxiety and fear. 
And even though the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, a wonderful passage of Scripture, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. So how is it that we take this sort of information that you were just sharing about and actually apply it so that it has a a tangible effect on this worry and anxiety that we know God doesn't want us to carry around with us? That's a great question. I, I will say one of my favorite things to encourage, especially I talk mostly to women, so I tell them if you will pause every day and take your focus, and even if you need to take your eyes and, and look to heaven and recognize there is a God and I need him and I can spend a few minutes alone with him and it will change my day. I can't tell you that I completely understand that, uh, Bob, because I don't. But I know that when we spend a few minutes, even just five minutes alone with the Lord every day, it Mm. completely changes our hearts. It just settles us down. It calms us. There's a peace that we gain when we just get quiet and spend a few minutes with the creator of this universe. And so that's my best advice that I give to people is take a few minutes and get along with him and focus on him, open the word, pray, have a few moments where you recognize there is a God and you need him and I need him. What we decided to do is instead of just making it a verse and a devotional, we added a few extra little elements. And so the way it's set up is there's a scripture, usually just one verse. There's a really practical devotional with usually some stories or something that that makes it uh, make sense to today. So um, there's that part, and it'll be practical wisdom, maybe a little explanation of the verse. And then I have a part called daily declarations. And what we decided to do was add a part where we ask those that read to say it out loud to declare whatever that trait of God is. For example, there's one of them that talks about the Lord is for me from Psalm 118. And so what they have to say, they declare out loud, this I know, the Lord is for me. I can go through this day with great faith and great hope and great strength because I know God is for me. And then after that, there's a little prayer time. And the final piece is what we're calling, I believe I call it the daily action step. But it's a series of questions. And then there's a whole page (laughs) for them to interact with it. So the idea was that they would read and study and pray and declare, and then they'd have a chance to take that material and make it actually fit to whatever's going on in their life. Melanie Red here on The Intersection. Her website address is melanieredredd.com. The Women Living Courageously website is womenlivingcourageously.org. Next up on this edition of The Intersection Podcast, it's the founder of the ministry Worship Hero, former worship leader Scott Box. In a recent conversation with me, he shared about his own mental health journey, a subject that he tackles in the book called Heroic Disgrace, Order Out of Chaos, Hope Out of Fear, A Worship Hero Story. Here now from that conversation is Scott Box. I think that history proves that heroes are are the winners. In, In other words, the winners write the history and they write themselves in as heroes. And so, uh, I think my family, as we wrote our history as a family, uh, we, we wrote ourselves in as heroes. My family has a history of public service, and they were, you know, police officers and, and had military careers and, you know, served the nation. And 
my dad, while he wasn't in public service in that capacity, he was uh, at he was in Christian higher education and was just committed to serving the institution, Seattle Pacific University up in Seattle in Washington. And I, I think well, here's the here's my point. I realized that Jesus eventually, once I kind of cobbled together this what I call a heroic Frankenstein, <laughs> I, I realized Jesus completely redefined heroism, and he did it, Bob, not by winning, but by losing. And that's, that's the key. He flipped and modeled worship or uh, heroism in a completely upside down. And what I think can come across in humanity's eyes as a completely disgraceful in a in a disgraceful way uh he and and so and i could go on a little bit more about that but i think as christians we do understand that what jesus did culminating at the cross was and seemed to be utterly disgraceful hmm Well, Scott Box is joining us today here on The Meeting House on Faith Radio, founder of the ministry Worship Hero and author of the book called Heroic Disgrace, Order Out of Chaos, Hope Out of Fear, A Worship Hero Story. So, Scott, why is it that you wanted to go public with your story with respect to bipolar disorder? Uh, Bob, great question. Uh, I could go many directions with that. I think that the 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 when things got darkest for me i i realized that a that my sick mind was leading to sick thoughts that lead that was leading me to sick actions and i, I, I mean i know that kind of is quippy but i i know we live in a in an era where truth is unfindable and hope is unreachable. I, I, I mean, I truly, I, I know though that when it seems darkest and most despairing, and like I said, most upside down, God always does his most remarkable work and he's done it in me. And that's, that's where I I've known then that it, it needed to become my witness that hope and health and heroism, Christ's kind of heroism, were possible. And and ultimately, I've I've said that if if God can make healthy what He doesn't heal, that's that's the that's the crazy thing. Hmm. And, and I'm not I don't preach a a health and wealth thing. I I simply know that health is always possible when even when healing is an absurd impossibility bob i have experienced it i have not been healed from bipolar disorder uh, but i am healthy i needed to tell the world that scott box here on the intersection you can find him online at the website heroicdisgrace.com This is the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. 
at the Meeting House homepage, you'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection podcast. You can find links to the podcast, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple podcast feed. There are also links to video content, including the Faith Radio YouTube channel, where you can find video material with recent guests on the Meeting House program. Also, you can find two blogs accessible from the Meeting House homepage. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from the Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access the Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info, or you can go to the programming section at faithradio.org. Conversations with guests from the Intersection podcast and the Meeting House program can also be found through the Faith Radio app and a variety of podcast platforms. Just search for Faith Radio Podcast when you visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and others. Well, this is the Intersection Podcast. Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Faith Initiatives at Alliance Defending Freedom, Calvin Cochran, joined me recently at Faith Radio Meeting House Media Central at the 2022 National Religious Broadcasters Convention in Nashville. He once served as fire chief for the city of Atlanta. He was terminated from that position as the result of writing a book on biblical manhood. In our conversation at NRB, he discussed his experience and lessons learned. He is the author of the book called Facing the Fire, the Faith that Brought America's Fire Chief Through the Flames of Persecution. Here now from that conversation is Kelvin Cochran. What were some of the principles that you stood on during that time from a legal standpoint, and how did the authorities respond to that? Well, you know, of course I trusted the, the, uh, the legal guidance of Alliance Defending Freedom through that whole process. Uh, but God really, uh, I, I saw it as an opportunity, Bob, to really demonstrate the love of Christ as a person who had been done wrong by the city of Atlanta towards those who actually did me wrong. Let me give you an example. God put it on my heart during that four-year process when in the third year we reached the phase of depositions. God spoke to me and said, I want you to position, I want you to be in every deposition and I want you to position yourself at the door so that when your former colleagues, former colleagues enter, you either shake their hands or hug them as they would allow. And uh, it was a very difficult thing to do, uh, but by the grace of God, after I did the first one, the rest of them became easy to do because I experienced a love for them even under those circumstances that affirmed my relationship with them. And so it was a blessing to be able to do that. The only person that I didn't get to shake hand with our hug was Mayor Reed. I think he had heard from the other uh, cabinet members what I was doing, and he made sure that everyone was in and seated before he actually came in. Does that have something to say with respect to Christian character? You know, the Bible talks about loving your enemies or loving your adversaries. There's, there, there seems to be a biblical principle here as you, you acted that out, even though that you were involved in a, a contentious court case. Yes, against sir. one another. You did not harbor ill will, it sounds like. No, sir, and still don't do that today. You know, some of the, my biblical heroes really demonstrated that model, that behavior. I remember the the humility and, and even respect that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego showed towards Nebuchadnezzar. Darius, uh, Daniel had that same respect towards King Darius. 
uh, David had that respect towards Saul, even though he was trying to hunt him down and kill him mm. for about nine years. And, and so it was my opportunity to really live out that kind of love. Christ demonstrated that kind of love even towards those who were persecuting and crucifying him. And so I just saw it as an opportunity to demonstrate that in my walk of faith. Well, and that's certainly, you know, I think it's really remarkable when we recognize that there, there is that tendency to become angry and bitter at certain circumstances, at certain people. And it seems like to me that, that adopting that attitude can be very beneficial where, when you're in the midst of a trial. It can kind of keep your attitude or your heart in the right place, can't it? Yes, sir, it really does. And it takes, uh, it lightens the load. You know, I would imagine that had I harbored resentment and uh, a spirit of vengeance toward them, that experience would have been completely different and a lot more heavy than it was. But, you know, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burdens are light. And I think having that heart of compassion and forgiveness made that yoke easy for me and light. Kelvin Cochran joining us today from Alliance Defending Freedom here on the Meeting House on Faith Radio. This is the NRB 2022 convention in Nashville. So give us an idea how you transitioned into actually becoming a part of this organization that had been supportive of you for so long. And Bob, that's a God-sized story in and of itself. (laughs) Uh, You know, David said in Psalms 139, I think around verse 16, he said that all the days of my life were written in your book before one of them came to be. And uh, I see that playing out in my life story. And I talk about it in the book, Facing the Fire. You know, I thought the termination was really the end of my calling, but it was actually launching me into another calling. Uh, My first opportunity for employment came as I served as chief operating officer of Elizabeth Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia. And then last summer, God opened up this opportunity for me to be on staff at Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, initially as vice president and senior fellow, but six months later promoted to senior vice president over human resources and faith initiative. One of the lessons that I've learned about God, when he has sons and daughters who have the courage and grace to stand, is he always takes their life of blessing to a whole nother level. And Bob, my life today is exceeding abundantly above all I could ever ask Mm. or think. Kelvin Cochran here on The Intersection. The Alliance Defending Freedom website is adflegal.org. Well, finally, on this edition of The Intersection podcast, in observance of National Police Week in mid-May, Rebecca Lind, who is married to a police officer, and former police officer Adam Davis discussed the importance of prayer and affirmation for first responders. She has written a book entitled Proud Police Wife, 90 Devotions for the Women Behind the Badge. He is the co-author of a book called Prayers and Promises for First Responders. Here now from that conversation are Rebecca Lynn and Adam Davis. What do you see as some of the challenges that he faces and how can faith be such an important component as far as dealing with some of the the everyday challenges? Sure. So one of the biggest ones is any police officer, including my husband, when they go to a scene or approach someone in a car, 
they don't know what's going to unfold. We never know. Um, they don't know what is about to happen. They don't know what that person may have in their vehicle. They don't know um, if someone is someone's going to run or not run or what they have on their person. Um, so, and that's a lot of what is about life is we never know what is going to be in front of us the days ahead. And that's really when we need to learn into lean into God the most because I mean, as we know, uh, that's throughout the Bible is do not be afraid and really leaning in, having that faith. Um, yes, they rely, police officers rely on their training, which is incredibly important, but also having that faith that they are going to um, be in God's hands, whenever, whatever situation they go into. And I think that's really important too, for just law enforcement families as a whole, because a lot of fear and loneliness, um, anxiety can creep in for these families, knowing that, yes, there's negativity. Yes, there's scary and unknowns out there in this world. And we don't know what's going to happen when our loved one walks out the door. But having that faith in God that um, he will protect them, he will keep them safe, and that it is in his hands. And we never know um, when our, our time is going to come to an end. But regardless, we get to spend eternity with the Lord and we can just rely on him and put um, all those fears and, and um, burdens on the Lord so that our loved one can do their job safely. There are all sorts of challenges. You mentioned, Rebecca mentioned fear, and I wanted to get your, your take on that as far as combating fear. And it seems like focus is such an important component that someone that serves in this capacity has to possess because really... And put it very bluntly, one mistake could could be a life or death decision. One mistake could be a career ending decision. So you have to stay sharp. And Adam, what have you found to be some of the helpful tools for those who serve in this capacity? Spiritual tools. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, being well-trained and staying fresh on your training uh, being disciplined to train, even when uh, sometimes you may have to do it on your own time or on your own, or on your own dollar, uh, sort of helps to alleviate the fear in the moment, okay? Uh, but at the end of the day, each man and woman who serves in any capacity of, of a first responder, they're human beings. And human beings have emotions, and fear is one of them, and it can be very strong. But it's also a very powerful emotion that uh, could be self-preserving. It can help uh, navigate some very dangerous waters. For me, it was, you know, his word talks about a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I have experienced that firsthand in some situations that most would have been paralyzed by fear because of. And even in those moments of absolute, just horrible chaos, um, his peace calmed my soul. And in that peace, I was able to think clearly, make good decisions, uh, make sound judgment, execute my duties, do what I had to do. And um, I, it is a peace I can't put into words. But when you're standing at the doorstep with, with a line of guys on your team and uh, there's someone on the other side of that wall that wants to kill you, uh, most people would be very, very, very afraid. And, and there is fear present, but you still make a decision to do your job, to do what you've been called to do, to overcome that fear and to push forward. 
it's because they act doesn't mean they're not afraid. The fear is there. They're courageous. Adam Davis and Rebecca Lynn here on the Intersection Podcast. Her website is proudpolicewife.com. His is theadamdavis.com. This has been the Intersection Podcast, a weekly production of The Meeting House. You can find out more through meetinghouseonline.info or by visiting the programming section at faithradio.org. You'll find a link to the Media Center. That's where you can go to listen to or download full conversations with recent guests featured on the Intersection Podcast. You can also find links to the Intersection, to the Media Center, as well as the Apple Podcast feed. There are also links to video content. There are links to two blogs. One is The Three with three stories of relevance to the Christian community. There's also The Front Room with devotional thoughts and commentary from The Meeting House. And you can follow me on Twitter and access The Meeting House Facebook page. Again, that website address is meetinghouseonline.info or you can visit the programming section at faithradio.org. Well, thanks for joining me for this week's edition of the Intersection Podcast. I'm Bob Crittenden.